Good morning and welcome. Today is February 19th, 2023. We are reading from the big book of AA pages, starting at page 23, the tragic truth up to and including page 24, when this sort of thinking. Um, Anne-Marie will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Rosie F. Anne-Marie? Good morning, everybody. I'm Anne-Marie, a uh, recovered compulsive eater, but not cured, from Pennsylvania. Glad to do service. The tragic truth is that if the man be a real alcoholic, the happy day may not arrive. He has lost control. At a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passes into a state where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is of absolutely no avail. The tra this tragic situation has arrived has already arrived in practically every case long before it is suspected. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequences that following follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with an old thoroughbred idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in, in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how, or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way, and after the third or fourth, pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I get ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth drink, or what's the use anyhow? My pass. Thanks, Anne-Marie. And now we will have a 20-minute share on what Anne-Marie read by Rosie F. Rosie, would you like um, me to tell you when the five minutes are left? Yes, please. Okay. Thanks, Rosie. <clears throat> okay. Hi, my name is Rosie. I'm a grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive overeater. And I guess I want to start my share with um, that I started this program in 1989, the traditional OA meeting. And I went to 1994 and I had abstinence with the how program. And um, after that, um, I went into a relapse. Uh, I had my uh, pregnant with my first child, uh, thought I had it all together, uh, had candy all around my uh, house for Christmas time. Uh, my father had passed away. Um, no, actually, my father hadn't passed away. My mother had gotten breast cancer. And I just, um, my dog, that was my baby for 10 years had passed away. And I just went into automatic pilot. I started to eat these candies. And um, I then spun into a full on relapse. And then I didn't come back till 2007. And um, 2007 to 2017, um, I got recovery. 
And um, it started out real good. And then towards the end, I started to find myself. Um, I got into a business and ego and pride came in. And I wasn't really working. I wasn't, I wasn't really taught to work 10, 11, and 12. And I wasn't doing that on a daily basis. And so um, I started to, I, I call it a uh, play with the food. I started to slip and slide. I stopped weighing and measuring. I stopped, um, I started taking back um, yellow light foods going, you know, this isn't a big deal. And I would you be accountable still, but I found myself not wanting to tell my sponsor and started to um, run from her. And when I finally did start telling her a little bit at a time, she kept, of course, confronting me about it. And she, what I realized later on is I made my sponsors my God. They were my higher power. They were, oh, I always tended to put them into a mother figure. And I always was doing it for them. I was always trying to get the attaboy and, you know, do it perfect, the perfect child. And so if she was, um, you know, I got her approval, then everything was okay. But if I didn't, I would run and I was, I was becoming a liar. I was back becoming a liar. And sometimes it was lying by omission. And so then um, fast forward, um, as I'm getting into this business, I get busy. And I, I tend to be a distractor and I get busy in my life. And so I started getting busy and I started to um, drop um, all my things that I was doing, my prayer meditation. And that was pretty kind of weak anyways, towards the end. And I started to be coming more and more my higher power. And so when they talk about this in the book about, you know, that there'll be a day when it comes back that you will not ever be able to take um, control um, that's what I kept thinking. You know, I, I started treating everything as a diet plan after a while. It didn't, it wasn't, there was no spirituality in there. Uh, I had a fallout with her and because I was so busy, I found the phone meetings and I thought this is perfect meetings, you know, online whenever I need it, you know, and I can multitask and do all this and go to work and, and that I still was putting everything in front of my program, everything in front of my program. And what I realized is that looking back is that, you know, I had the fallout with that sponsor and I got a new sponsor online and um, I was looking for a sponsor to give me the solution. I was looking for the sponsor, again, my higher power, who I thought was going to be the one that was going to tell me how to do this and how to get it in control. Well, I started eating with these people in my networking group and I started to like, you know, stick with the diet, but start to fudge, start to go, not look at, I didn't even know about the ingredients. You know, I was taught that if, if sugar was six and less or six or more on the, on the, um, on the ingredients, it was okay. So I was still eating, um, you know, the aller allergic foods and I didn't even know it, you know, and I was fooled by this disease because I still was able to keep this diet thing going, you know, keep the weight down and then get back on it on Monday and do all that kind of stuff. But I didn't realize that I was sabotaging myself. I mean, I was set up for failure because I was still not looking at the ingredients and I was still not looking at that. I was taking back my will every time, every time I was taking back my will, whether I was taking back the certain foods, whether I was taking back um, not calling in or not having a structured plan or that I was not into God, that God was supposed to be first in my recovery. And so 
Um, fast forward, you know, I'm full on into um, starting to starting to get insane. So I didn't realize getting back into playing with the food and starting to not work the program, the spirituality of God, that my brain was getting insane. And I always say now that I'm here for the sanity, not the vanity anymore, because I truly saw the insanity of it. Um, I was, and it was right during COVID and I had to let go. One of my sponsors, I'm in two programs and one of my sponsors kept telling me, all my sponsors would find this out about me soon after they got started working with me. You have to let go of all your commitments that you have, you are overcommitted. You don't make time for recovery. You know, you just start putting recovery. Now it works for you. You lose your weight. You start doing good. You start thinking you're all that with bag of, you know, excuse my uh, pun, bag of chips. You're all that, right? And so you go on and you start, you know, strutting your stuff. You're sponsoring all these people, but it's all intellectual. There's no spiritual behind it, you know, and there's no, you know, and I pride myself, you know, my ego and pride is, you know, I have to know all this stuff so I can share, but I don't have to invest my emotional and my spiritual in it, you know, um, you know, that's a lot of work and that's a lot of humbling for me. But you know what, what I came to find out was I needed that humbleness. You know, my higher power had to break me into being a humble steward for him. And I, it was hard for me to come back 10 years of recovery, hard for me to admit. And that wasn't even good recovery at the end, you know? So I really don't think I was really recovered for 10 years, but it was hard for me to say, you know what? I have been in relapse for about two years. I came into this online program, phone line, and the first OA program came in, they didn't believe in the allergy of the body. And I was off to the races even more with them. So that's where my two years were in there. I was starting to believe, oh, all I have to do is pray more and, and I can eat anything I want. Anything I want, all I have to do is pray more. And what I found was I just kept gaining more weight. I kept being more insane in my head. I started getting paranoid. I started getting panic attacks. I started to, um, you know, uh, run in my head, you know, sleepless nights, praying, please, 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 God, help me stop picking up the food. And I kept telling my sponsor, she kept saying, you just need to pray more. That's a selfish character defect. You just need to pray more. And I'd say, I keep praying and it's not being lifted. And finally, she dropped me and said, you know what? You need more God. And I'm thinking, well, I know I need more God. But I think I need more structure. I need more accountability. I didn't know, you know. And so I heard somebody on vision on a phone meeting. And I said, oh, my gosh, they kept coming to some of my meetings on my other program. And I started to check out vision. And I found out there, I go, here's my peeps. Here's my peeps. They, be they believe in the allergy of the body. And I didn't even realize the mental twist. Oh, my goodness. The mental twist. I always convinced myself that it was okay to go to potlucks and not bring my food and see what I could scavenge around, like what would be okay food to eat, right? Oh, they've got this kind of food. Well, you know, I can have that and I can have that. I was always had that FOMO. I didn't want to miss out on maybe something there, you know, but I didn't check to see any ingredients that they might've been cooking it in and why all of a sudden I was going for seconds. I didn't know volumes was a big problem. You know, I just thought, oh, I could, I am testified that I can be a, um, a, re, 
a compulsive overeater that can gain weight on healthy foods. I can testify that, you know, and I can overeat anything. And so I didn't realize the behaviors also. So what I learned so much here is that there is only, only God and, and this program. They get, can get me abstinent and keep me abstinent, but that I am daily, daily walking this walk. You know, every morning, I didn't realize 10, 11, and 12 living in that was so important that the emotional buildup could create so much havoc, can create that relapse for me. I didn't know that. I didn't know, um, you know, that... I didn't know that the character defects were running my life. I did not know that they were running my life. See, you know, 5% of my problem is the food. 95% of the problem is me. I just kept saying, you know, if I could get skinny enough, I could look good. If I could just read this program off and look like I know what I'm doing and think I know what I'm doing, that everything's going to be okay. Just give me the book. Just give me... um, literature just give me information 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 but i didn't realize putting all these steps into practice into really practice and to spending that time with my higher power in the morning and saying you're my ceo of all my life tell me how to live show me how to live show me how to let go help me Help me stop, put the food down and help me be obedient and, you know, not lie and tell my sponsor the truth and work this program and not care about people pleasing, approval of others, because that is some of my character defects. You know, my pride and ego was so hard for me to become humble and say, I don't got this. Because people started looking up at me. And then I started putting myself self up on this throne. And that's what came tumbling down. And it's only when people ask me now, oh, my gosh, you look so great. How are you doing this? You know, I say, my higher power and my program. Oh, what kind of diet are you on? I know you're on something. I said, you know what? If I tell you what I eat, it may not be something that you can eat. It may not be anything. I said, but that isn't it. You know what? I don't even I don't even get on the scale, but maybe once a month now or even two, every two months. And I'm blown away. I'm blown away by by the number on the scale because it's not my thing I focus on and it's going down. And it's not because I'm focused on the food anymore. It's because I'm trying to live the way God wants me to live. I don't like to make amends. And that's one thing that's really hard for me. I'd rather go to the dentist, I tell people, than make amends. And I'm telling you, I've had to be humble and make amends. My my biggest teacher is my kids right now, my oldest son. And I've had to make amends. I have gone through now being absent with him having a baby that was unexpected from them coming to live with us, from having to deal with that relationship and stay out of the way of God's way. And I step in the doo-doo all the time. And I've had to go make amends. And I've had many 10 steps. I have volumes of 10 steps over this relationship. But I know today that picking up the food is not the answer. For today, I can't promise you tomorrow. I wish I could promise that, but I can't. 
But I know that if I walk in the sunlight of the spirit today, that I'm going to be okay. Because more than anything, it's not about the weight. It's not about what I look like anymore. It's about who I am, who I am in this world, who I am with God, who I am with you, who I am with my family. And I have a lot of work to do, a lot of work. I told you I've been around the rooms in 1989. Since 1980, I've been in the room since 1985 with my other program. And I'm telling you, I have a lot of work to do. But I thank you all. I thank you all for being here every morning, every Sunday morning, and every morning on Vision for You, because I've learned so much. I need to be a student, not the teacher anymore. And that's the way I recover now. Is just absorbing what you've got to tell me and what God tells me every morning. And I'm telling you, in the middle of the day, I forget that. I'm like that. And I'm, the, I'm off to the races. And somebody like my sponsor says, the Rosie show. And I have to stop and say, okay, okay, pause, pray, and proceed. I'm not a good pauser. And I have to admit that. I still don't have any filters. And I still want to throw the next best thing. But I don't know by the grace of God what it says, but for the grace of God. See, that was everything else. I never put, I always had, but I never did God. I did everything else, but God. He was in the, he was in the back seat. Actually, he was in the trunk. And when I needed him, I'd stop and I'd get out and I'd pull him out. And I was always on a rolling stop. The pause was not a, you know, a stop. It was the rolling stop. We call it the California stop. And then I'd be off and running, do my meditation, and I'd be taken off, never sitting down, staying still, listening to what he had to say for me or what he wanted from me. You have five minutes left, Rosie. So when it says that we there's some day that we will not have a defense over the first drink, the first bite, I'm here to testify. That's me. So fast forward the last um, couple of years here in recovery. Um, I got a new sponsor and I've had a, several sponsors in vision, a couple picked up, a couple had to um, let me go because of them. I had to pick up uh, one I picked up and then this last one I'm in. I love her. She's spiritually connected. God brought her to me and um, I heard her on a special edition and um, we've been together since uh, 2022 in February and I started staying abstinence. I had some slips with her and I started staying abstinence in April. And so here I am in April. There are a couple of things. My food gets more narrow. Um, I think I can have something. And then I, you know, I call it, it becomes sexy. And then my sponsor says, it's sexy. Well, you've got to get, got done with that. Started frothing stuff, started, you know, doing all this and looking forward to drinking it all day. Nope. Look at the ingredients. Look at what you're doing. Look at your behaviors. <sighs> Anyways, with that, I, I don't know if I had anything else to share for you, but I just brought God in this morning to help me. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rosie. 